Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine. Wednesday night at 5 at 5, where I answer five questions that you submit to me during the week, and hopefully you'll learn something. Anyway, I hope you guys got to see the doctor's note um, on Monday and listen to my podcast um, with Dr. Brock Blankenship, who's been on the front lines of the COVID crisis in New York City working as an ER doctor. Uh, great conversation with him, and I hope you guys are kind of coming through this uh, pandemic, uh, and I hopefully won't get a second wave. We're reintegrating everything, so um, stay tuned on that. I'll try to keep you updated. But in any event, so you all have asked me five good questions here today, and um, the first one is, how is your dental health connected to your physical health? The problem is I struggle with dry mouth, and it's because of my Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I'm reading more and more about how bacteria can enter the bloodstream through the gums, leading to different health issues, even Alzheimer's. Well, that's a great question, and I hope I can answer it. Uh, but, yeah, your, your heart health is very tied into um, – your dental health. That's why I recommend flossing. You have a bunch of bacteria in your mouth that can actually seep through your gums into your bloodstream and seed the valves of your heart. So, you know, the way you take care of your teeth is paramount in how your health's going to do. Um, as my good friend, Dr. Rick Bateman, um, dentist always talks about is taking care of your teeth to take care of your heart. So it is very related to your overall health. Um, so the bacteria are very virulent type of bacteria that can cause an endocarditis picture in your heart. In, in other words, an infected heart valve, which you can end up having to have it removed through open heart surgery. But it can make you chronically ill as well and, and fatigued. So Take care of your teeth. Uh, dry mouth, something that um, has a lot of different causes. Um, there's over 200 medications that can cause you to have dry mouth, especially antihistamines, diuretics, um, a lot of your antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications, Parkinson's medications. Um, I mean, there's a list a mile long. So if you do suffer from dry mouth, then you need to look at your medications. You need to make sure you're drinking enough water um, and that you're sweating enough. That, that tells me your endocrine system's functioning well. Um, and you need to maybe use something like biotin uh, rinse that, I, that I'll tell people to use a lot if they suffer from dry mouth. But um, sometimes it's a symptom that your, your teeth aren't doing very well. When you have a dry mouth, you're more likely to get gingivitis, cavities, all kinds of things. So and tell your dentist about it and, and make sure they, they look at the health of your gums and drink a lot of water. So I hope that helps you. Very related to your heart health. Um, and, and when you talk about Alzheimer's, anything related to your heart is related to your brain. You take care of your brain, you're taking care of your heart. You take care of your heart, you're taking care of your brain. So, um, and as you know, I'm big on nutrition. Um, best way to take care of yourself is what you put in your mouth. Question number two. 
How do you know the difference between a sinus headache and a migraine? That's a great question. Um, typically, of course, sinus, sinus headaches or sinus pain are in the front side of your face. You've got your frontal maxillary sinus and some deep sinuses that are called the sphenoid sinuses. Um, but in general, when you have a sinus headache, you're having a lot of sinus symptoms, runny nose, uh, maybe a sinus infection, uh, maybe fever, maybe not. Sometimes with a sinus headache, I'll have you lean over your head, and if it, when you lean your head over and it causes pressure in your face, that usually is sinus. But um, a lot of people think that they have sinus headaches when it's in fact a migraine headache. I think migraine headaches are really underdiagnosed because they take a lot of different forms. You don't have to have your typical throbbing one-sided headache with an aura with nausea and vomiting. Um, you can have mild migraines. You can have, um, there's several different types of migraine headaches. And um, so, if, if you're not getting anywhere with your headaches, think it may be migraine. That's a vascular headache, usually caused by dilation of the arteries in your brain. There's some great medications out uh, for migraine headaches. So you need to kind of, and sometimes they're hormonally related as well. So you have to be really vigilant. So sinus headache can be pretty obvious. Migraine sometimes not. Tension headaches are common too. Rebound headaches when you are taking something for your head all the time, like ibuprofen or Aleve or even uh, some of the tension medicines like Fioranal, Fioraset. You take too many of them, then when you quit taking them, you get a rebound headache. That's very common. So, um, But migraines, I'm going to do a special thing on migraine headaches probably on my next podcast because they're so underdiagnosed and nowadays so treatable because we have a lot of new medications for them. And a lot of times they're hormonal. Uh, they're more common in women, of course, because of hormones and cycles. So I hope that helps that. Um, what prebiotic, probiotic do you recommend? Um, as you know, if you take a probiotic, which every human should, you need a prebiotic. It, it's kind of, I call it food for the probiotics. The probiotics won't work as well unless you take a prebiotic. And the prebiotics are usually uh, substances like inulin. They may even be uh, fermented foods. But um, I tell you, my favorite by far is this thing that I tell people about all the time that I take. It's called Gluten Shield. Actually, it's made right here in East Tennessee, developed by some pharmaceutical professors at ETSU School of Pharmacy. But the reason I like this is because it has a prebiotic, it has a probiotic of about 10 billion CFUs, which for me is about the right number. If I get real high, it makes my stomach worse. Um, and it also has digestive enzymes in it to help you break down fat. It helps, it has... Um, a lactase enzyme in it to help you break down dairy in case you eat dairy and also has a gluten blocker so in this one pill you have five things it's very affordable i have them in all my offices i'm not trying to pitch it necessarily but you asked me and that's what i use i think it's awesome um, i have a lot of great feedback on it um, because as you know your gut bacteria the good versus the bad is important in everything with your health. It all starts in your gut. 
most of your autoimmune diseases that I treat actually start in the gut. Your gut's related to your brain, um, and you've got more bacteria in your gut that is not yours than you do your own bacterial DNA. So really interesting to take care of your gut. Um, so I like gluten shield. Um, do you recommend fasting over carb restriction? Well, I really recommend both. You know, I think for anybody that's trying to maintain weight loss, they need to be on lower carbs, um, especially, of course, the, the simple carbs, the starches and that type of thing. The complex carbs, like you get in vegetables and some fruits, I'm all for. But for anybody trying to lose weight or maintain weight, it's almost always low carbs that you need to start thinking about. Um, and intermittent fasting, I recommend that too, you know, at least three or four nights a week, I do it. And it's, it's easy to remember, really, you eat everything you're going to eat within eight hours. And then for, so for 16 hours, you're not eating anything. And for me, after I eat supper at, um, six, seven o'clock, I just don't eat anything after that. And I don't eat breakfast. Personally, I drink bulletproof coffee in the morning and don't eat until lunchtime. And that qualifies as intermittent fasting. And I think that's when you burn your calories. I've had a great experience with it. Your brain clears up. And uh, so I recommend both low carb and some intermittent fasting. I think it's very important. Okay, last question of the day. What aura ring are you using? Well, that's my aura ring right here. I don't know that's any, it's a newer generation aura ring. And I got mine for about, I think it was $2.99 off of Amazon. They send you this little um, card and it has five different sizes of rings on it, or maybe more than that. And you just see which one fits on one of your fingers. I, I like this one on my index finger. Fits really snugly. And it tells me a lot about um, my metabolism, my sleep patterns, my heart rate variability, not just my heart rate, the variability of your heart rate, like that beat-to-beat -beat interval that needs to be, um, it doesn't need to be the same every time. The more variable it is, the better for your health, especially when you're resting. Now, when you're exercising, it should be more on spot, but uh, when you're resting, especially at night, uh, the higher your heart rate variability, the longer you're going to live and the healthier you are. So you can monitor that. I've really loved this aura ring. I know uh, Brock and I talked about it with my podcast on Monday, and uh, I talked him into getting one, and uh, he's enjoyed it certainly. And I've had a lot of docs that have really uh, bought this because of um, my recommendation. Actually, it was one of the orthopedic surgeons that recommended it to me. But, um, and the main reason I like it is not because it tells me, well, you've walked 10,000 steps, you had um, 20 minutes of intense exercise, you had 30 minutes of moderate, and you had four hours of light exercise during the day. But I like it really because of the, what it tells me at night, how much REM sleep I had, if I was restless during the night, how many times I got up, um, how much deep stage four sleep I had, and uh, what my heart rate variability was, 
what my low heart rate was, what my high heart rate was. So it really gives me a lot of good information. So it can kind of tell you a score called a readiness score the next day. It'll tell you whether you need to go hard at it or you need, need to kind of maybe take it easy that day. When it's, it's spot on every time. I can tell if I've slept well, and this just gives me the specifics, and it kind of guides me into what I need to do during that day. So it's an aura ring spelled O-U-R-A ring. You get it off Amazon, but look it up. I think it's like a Fitbit on steroids. I like it much better than my Fitbit, to be honest with you. So, um, again, I, I hope this helps you. We're going to try to take five questions every Wednesday afternoon, it's kind of like my last patient of the day. And um, so think of the questions you may want to ask me. And um, I like to do a lot of group teaching and keep you informed of uh, new things that are coming out and trying to keep you healthy and aging well. So um, I hope this has been helpful. Five at five. This is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine. We'll have another good one next week. Um, tune in to all our other podcasts. And um, and come in the office if you want us to help help you feel better, more energetic, and live your life better. So I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.